Hello and welcome to the Salty Club podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Creeper, and you're joining me today for our Take a Walk solo cast. This is where I just start talking, chatting away about my week, about my month, and you get to just sit back, listen, keep doing whatever you were going to do, you know, whether you're getting ready for work, whether you're just pottering around the house, whether you're going on a walk, hence the name Take a Walk, whatever you're doing, this is your super chatty Australian friend who's just going to talk nonstop for about half an hour. And, you know, there's just no no effort needed from your side. Just you get to just step into someone else's life. And the best bit is you don't have to think about what you're going to say, like how, you know, sometimes when we're listening to loved ones and they're telling us something that's going on with them and we're kind of thinking like, oh my God, how are we going to respond to this? How are we going to tackle this? How are we going to tell this person that uh, they're the problem and they're creating a lot of their own suffering? (laughs) You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to be that friend. You just get to listen. You even get to put the phone down, walk away, come back. It's a good time. Me, I've noticed I really like listening to um, the solo podcasts of other people. I've listened to a mum in Toronto. I listened to like a guy in New York City. And even if their lives are completely different to mine, there's something about just listening how others' mundane kind of lives go, what their thoughts are. And that's why I wanted to bring that to you. So here we are. And if I sound like I'm rushing, that's because, oh my God, let me tell you, I ran here. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that's been going on. If you've been here a while, you will know that uh, the biggest bear (laughs) that I wrestle with is quality, quality of this podcast. And let me tell you, we've come a long way, especially since we got our amazing producer, Matthew. He is amazing. He edits all of our podcasts with an inch of his life. And he also gives me a lot of tips. He's the one who told me to get this microphone, get this recording program. So I definitely see a really big improvement, but let me tell you when I say it is me and if there is a fuck up to be made, let me tell you, I will make it. I will make it before I learn. And in my last podcast where I interviewed the amazing Marie-Philippe, Jean, you should listen to that podcast. It was really, really special. She talks about her um like her aggressive cancer diagnosis, how that reoriented her life. And we just spoke about a really, really deep, beautiful things. And it was a fantastic conversation. And I did not realize until at the end, I had not set up my program to properly pick up the sound from my microphone. So it picked it up from the computer. So you will notice a mismatch in the quality, even though our amazing producer managed to kind of level it up as much as he could. And that was just like, oh, it was so disappointing, you know, where you know where you feel so proud of something and you're like, I killed that. I did that. And then it's like, oh, these small mistakes, you know, but this is fine. This is how we learn. It is still completely worth listening to. Someone said it was like a dream listening to their two favorite podcasts together, which was really, really sweet. That meant a lot to me. If you're listening to this, Um, I'd love to do another crossover with Marie-Philippe in the future. So we'll definitely be doing that. Um, But the other thing was, oh my gosh, another big thing I've learned. Let me start with this whole story. Okay. It's going to be a whole bit of a mishmash, but I'm just so happy to be here talking to you. Okay. So one of the biggest barriers to recording this podcast in past years was that I had a kid with me constantly. And even though he might play by himself, he might nap this and that. I stayed home with Juggle for about two and a half years, my son, 
And it was just kind of so unpredictable when I could carve out a good amount of time to sit down and record a podcast. So it was very erratic. It was here and there. And then I thought, okay, I put him into like an amazing kindergarten. Um, It goes from eight to 12. And I thought eight to 12 will be my time to record eight to 12 during the week. And then what I did not account for is that in Latin America, maybe in your country, not whatever, maybe in Australia, I wouldn't know, haven't lived there for a long time. There is fucking construction going on all the fucking time. And you might be like, oh, that's just your town. Well, I mean, we we kind of move between a few towns because there's where we live here. There's where we run our, our casitas on the beach. There's also Ugo's parents' house, my partner's parents' house. Everywhere we go, there is construction happening somewhere. And like, you might not notice at the moment, but let me tell you what I didn't notice at the moment. And now what I need to notice is someone is building a house next door to my house. Someone is building a house down the road. Someone is building a house up the road. And, oh, let me tell you the amount of banging hammers on concrete that happen, but I don't even notice. And this is the problem. In the last few minutes of this amazing interview with Marie-Philippe, there was this banging and banging and banging. And I've become so desensitized that I did not even hear it until Erica, my co-founder, was like, are you aware there was banging happening in the last whatever? And my producer, Matthias, was like, yeah, there was banging. I don't even hear it anymore. So this is, you know, it's one of these moments where you have to like take a deep breath. And also I'm really trying to remind myself that life is never going to be the perfect temperature for me. Like if I spend every single day saying it's too hot, it's too cold, this, that, this, that, like, I'm just going to have a rough time of it, you know? So I was kind of like, oh no, I'd set up this plan. These mornings were going to be my podcast times. And now this is exactly when people are doing their building. So now I have to do it in the night or I have to go get a studio or I have to whatever. And it's like, do you know what? I'm just going to reframe this because I cannot live with this frustration in my body all the time. And I can't be constantly getting frustrated. Everyone fucking smacks a hammer against the wall because everyone is always smacking a hammer against the wall here. So I need to think, okay, I'm either going to do it at night, even though that's meant to be my chill time when I watch Suits, because now me and Ugo are like into Suits. I hadn't watched it the first time. So now I'm super into it on Netflix. Um, and just do it when I can. And I decided to just let go. I'm just going to write out a few episodes. So I haven't written this episode, as you can tell, I'm just going for it. Um, I'm just going to write out a few episodes. I'm going to be prepared. And when I get the chance, whenever I hear that banging stops, I'm just going to run and record and I'm going to make the most of it. And lo and behold, I just got back from skating. Me and Uga went skating today, this morning, because I wanted to kind of um, have a bit of a practice. And we came back and it was completely silent because the workers next door are unloading big buckets of um, dirt and like tieta for cement or whatever. I don't care. I don't know what they're doing. But what I do know is they're not banging. So now is my time and I'm super excited to be here talking to you guys. Um, But it's definitely been super interesting having builders next door, it was just empty before that. And it's, it's definitely brought up a few things. I mean, for example, if you're working, you like to listen to music, right? And I'm fully like for that. Listen to music while you work. 
Um, but there definitely has been a bit of conflict between the residents of this condominium and the builders and the construction teams because the truth is the construction teams tend to like to bring in their speakers, put on their music, turn it up to the highest possible volume and leave it going for eight hours a day. So that has been like a very nice, <laughs> a nice practice for me. Look, it brings up all these things because I'm working and then I have this music right in my brain, like right in my brain for a long time. And I'm trying to decide like, okay, am I using this as like super white girl, right? Am I using this as an opportunity for growth? Like, do I sit here and do I acknowledge that life is never going to be the perfect temperature and I just calm my body. I let the experience be what it is. And I just keep working on my computer. I accept podcasts are not going to happen and whatever. But after a few weeks of that, I was like, okay, this is really getting into my brain and I can't even focus now. But I also don't want to be the lady next door who comes and makes you work in silence and kind of complains about everything. So it's kind of this little delicate balance where, okay, I let it go for a while. If I have something to record or I just need an hour, then I'll maybe go go and talk to them. And I guess the biggest thing is just like, it's a negotiation, right? It's like, hey, I know you got to listen to your music. You got to jam. Also, I got to not have this music inside my brain eight hours a day. So what's a nice medium? Um, how can we work this out? But anyway, it doesn't matter. I think someone went and complained and they haven't played music for a few days. So yeah, not super happy. Well, I am happy that I can think straight. Also just feeling like a little bit bad about that because I do think you need to have a little bit of joy in your day, whether it's like your your coffee you get at 10 a.m. or it's like the music you play. Um, but I do know one thing about Central America and all of my Central American friends will agree with me that they like to play music loud, like really loud, like the highest possible um, volume there is, that is where it will be at. So there is that. Always a bit of a negotiation. Always <laughs> like let when I tell you this has been our challenge with the club since literally day one when we were in Indo and filming our first um our first videos with with MC, with Erica, with Israel, when we were filming it and just all the sounds, all the sounds that you don't hear until quality of a video or quality of a recording is all that you hear. And let me tell you, there are so many more sounds in life than you even think. Like if you sit really quietly for a moment and really think like what you can hear, it's a lot more than you think. And then especially in these places that we choose to live, no one makes us live in these places. Let me tell you, like we could easily be living in the suburbs in our little quiet communities. So let me just first say, this is an us problem. It's not a rest of the world problem. Um, but yeah, can I tell you the amount of footage we have where we're halfway through a workout and then this giant truck full of carrying sand comes through and starts backing up next door, like beep, and like, you know, you can say, well, just edit it and cut that part out. But with video, you want, you kind of want this feeling that there's this fluidity that it like goes all the way through. You don't want all these different cuts. And it's the same with the podcast too, because there's like an energy of where someone is talking and then kind of bringing it back to that. For example, I started recording this yesterday. I recorded for eight minutes and then it started going bah, 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 next door. And I paused it. I thought about cutting that bit out and getting back into it, but I was like, no. It's gone. Yahweh. But this is all part of the development, right? So I just want to say 
to myself, and I think this is really my message like to myself is life is never going to be the perfect temperature. And it's about like knowing the difference between like, okay, no, I, I really need to like change this reality. I need to go tell the workers next door, please stop your fucking music for half an hour so I can like think straight, please. Thank you. Okay. Or like, okay, I'm living in a community with other humans and like people aren't going to do exactly what we want to do. And what am I going to do? Walk around being like mad about it all the time. It's a balance, still figuring it out, still not sure. But onward. Anyway, what has been going on with me? I just got back. It's now Wednesday, so I got back Sunday. Um, but I got back from an amazing weekend in El Salvador. For those who don't know, Guatemala is right next to El Salvador. It's about, let's say, a five and a half hour drive from where we are to where we were going. And like, this is a weekend. I've been looking forward to with my friends for quite some time. This was like girls weekend um, where we were just going to focus on skate and surf and just do as much as possible as we could. And we did that. And, you know, Ugo did come uh, with Jago because I kind of like it, it is a lot easier to have Ugo there taking care of Jago than it is to like pre-plan how the whole weekend is going to go in my absence. And that's not to say like Ugo's not completely capable of like taking care of Jago for a whole weekend. And he's totally done it before when I went to Petem with my dad for four days, when I had a girls weekend with Erica and MC, my co-founders in El Salvador. So he's like totally capable and he does a great job. It's probably just like I like to keep them close, you know? So it was kind of like they came with me, but then they went and did their own thing. And then like me and my girls, we had lessons. We had skate lessons with Nete. Um, If you're part of the Salty Club community, you'll know that she is the teacher. She is the creator of the Zero to Hero Surf program. Um, So we got to actually have some like in-person classes with her, which was just amazing because, you know, it's been a long time that I have been, I think I've been skating, surf skating for a few years now. But I, I kind of am self-taught, you know, and and the thing about being self-taught, there's nothing wrong with it, but like there are experts and like there are ways of moving the body, which is more like economic. There is ways of moving the body, which actually like does the move you want it to do, right? Like just going from my brain and expecting I can throw my body around and like my, my board will follow. It kind of hasn't been working out for me because I watch videos and I'm like, mm, that did not look how I thought it looked. But what's been like really nice the last few years is like I've started sending a few videos to Nette and she's kind of been giving me a few tips and which has been amazing. But we also agreed like, okay, we need to get together in person and we need to like go back to my foundation of skating and need to really start from the start because there are just certain things that I've always noticed ever since I started surfing like what, eight years ago. Um, I've just noticed that, uh, it doesn't look as good as it could look. It's not the most economic. It doesn't generate the most speed. It doesn't make the moves I want it to do. I'm kind of like all arms everywhere and a little bit wacko. So, and as we know, with surf skating, whatever you do with surf skating really benefits your surfing as well. So it was just this all round thing, but like, see, you can hear the birds in the background. I can't tell them to shut up. I apologize. Seems like they've shut up now because they know I've stopped talking. This is this is exactly what Juggle does. Let me tell you, he can be calmly by himself 
doing a puzzle because he's obsessed with puzzles at the moment and he can be calmly doing a puzzle for like 20 minutes, all is quiet. And I'm like, okay, this is a great opportunity to call my dad or my mum or call someone while Jago's playing, playing calmly. As soon as I get on the phone and start talking, let me tell you, it's mama, 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 to the point that I can't even think. They know. They know. It's like a signal that they get like, oh, they need concentration now. And then they go off. Um, And I swear it's the same with these birds, but that's okay. The whole world does not revolve around my podcast and I'm going to crack on. So where was I? El Salvador weekend. Yes. Oh my God. It was just what dreams are made of. These kinds of weekends are just... Oh, and let me tell you, I've waited a long time for them because being pregnant, I I think I surfed up until about five months being pregnant, but then kind of getting that big belly and stopping surfing. And I stopped surfing anyway, because we were like mid pandemic. So all the beaches were closed here anyway. So kind of like, and then after that, it was like birth, it was recovery. I was breastfeeding. And like, let me tell you, when you're breastfeeding, it can really hurt to lay down on the board. And this is stuff that people don't even think about. It's like, oh, let's say the thought process around surfing while pregnant is like, okay, keeping the baby safe, whatever's comfortable for you up until like your belly gets in the way or you want to stop. And depending on the conditions, I actually did a podcast with MC that I will link in, but people don't think about breastfeeding. When I tell you the banging started again, it started again, but I was on my vibe. I was on my momentum. So do you know what I did? I went and got my mattress and I put it up against the corner in the bedroom. And now I'm shut in my little mattress cage of emotion. And this will be a good quality podcast. So where was I? Yeah, I was talking about, I know exactly where I was. I was talking about breastfeeding. Breastfeeding while surfing is a whole thing. It hurts to lay down on the board. Like even especially in the early days, if you're breastfeeding like all the time and you're like the baby's only source of income, income, (laughs) well, you are the baby's only source of income, Um, but the baby's only source of food. When I was trying to surf postpartum, I was doing that. My nipples were hurting and I had to have Uga on the beach holding the baby, hoping he wouldn't need to eat. And if he did, Uga would just have to wave me in. And there were times I'd like paddle in, the baby would eat, and then I'd go back out. And like, this seems like, oh, it's cute. It seems like, it seems easy or it seems like a small inconvenience. But the thing is like, it's just this feeling of being fully having your body to yourself fully being like fitter because of course I wasn't fit. I had just birthed something like the size of like a cat out of my body. I was tired. I was like not sleeping. And it was just this free feeling where sometimes I just decided it wasn't worth it to surf because like for all of this effort, like why? So when I say like it has taken a lot longer than I thought to kind of feel like myself again. And it started around two years. It got way better when I put Juggle in like a kindergarten. And now at three years, my son's like three and a bit. And only really in the last few months do I feel like my body is mine again. It's definitely not feeling like it felt before. But these things like surfing and skating and like all these things you can do with your body and now able to be my priority again. So I'm really enjoying it. And that's why I was hanging out so much for this girls weekend, because it was just like a celebration of having my body back to myself because it can take a really long time. It was just this celebration of, um, yeah, just being in my body, being playful, being silly, having something to work on, having something to improve on this body awareness. 
Anyway, if you're part of this community, I probably don't even have to explain to you why I wanted to surf and skate all weekend, but I did. We got there on Saturday and Saturday morning we went to this pump track in El Salvador and that was super fun. That was really cool. We had Juggle like riding around on his little bike with us too. I think he was getting in the girl's way and, you know, annoying them a little bit, but what are you going to do? And then we went for a surf at one of my favorite spots, which used to be super empty and now it's not. I think especially because it's like the weekend, but I had the best surf I've had in like such a long time. It was about two to four feet, super chill, not that many people, but I will say all girls, all girls out there in the water, all with their longboards, about like five or six girls. And I was just like, you know what? If you want to learn to surf, El Salvador is such a great place to do it, especially if one of the reasons why you haven't is because you feel intimidated being the only girl. Like even ever since I got there, like I arrived, what, first eight years ago and there were girls in the water, but now it's like there are girls in the water and sometimes only girls in the water. So if you're like, "Mm, where would be a good place to travel and where would I feel comfortable surfing? There. And there are so many breaks so close together. Like you just pick what you want. It's crowded at times. Yes. But like, I feel like that's just how it is and it's crowded everywhere now. But yeah, it was just so good. I just felt so like myself. I felt in my body. I was pushing, I was getting waves, I was getting long waves, I was taking risks, I was taking off early and I was just like, I feel good and I know this is usually at the point where my ego gets the better of me and I really am like feeling myself and feel like I'm styling and and usually that's when it's really nice to see a video of yourself surfing and be like, oh, I wasn't shredding like I thought I was but it was just really, really nice. Um... I had my friend surfing with me. Jagger was playing on the beach with Ugo. And yeah, when I say this weekend was really like about me, Ugo had a surf here and there, but it really was kind of focusing on me and my surfing. And I'm okay with that because I was pregnant for a long time. It was pandemic for a long time. I was out of the surfing game for a long time and he gets his little moments. So I'm not worried about him at all. But what was also really nice is we had another friend there who was there from France. They live in the mountains in France and they were there for six weeks with their two kids. So they have a little two-year-old and a little four-year-old and it was so cute. Jago just loved playing with them on the beach and everything and and it was really cute because they only speak French and Jaguar only speaks Spanish and English, but it just like, it didn't matter. They just got each other. They loved each other. They played together. And it's just funny that play is such a universal language and they just vibed and it was super cute. And it actually prompted to me, me to write this whole thing, which I actually wrote on my Substack. stack. Um, I'll include the link for that in the show notes because I was kind of watching how we had our friends, our friends went fishing, they caught all this fish for us, they did this massive barbecue and then the kids were running around, we were all sunburned from like surfing and and tired and I and there was one moment where it was about nine o'clock at night so way past all the kids bedtimes and we pulled out some mattresses for them like near the big dinner table where about 10 of us adults were like chatting and like having a few beers, just a few and we laid out the mattresses and like they all kind of just like laid next to each other and Jago conked out. He was asleep, like 
the other little kid was swinging in the hammock and another one of the little kids was trying to sleep, but he wanted to come sit with the, the big kids, but he was also like trying to force himself to sleep. But it was just such a sweet moment, like these little tanned rugrats kind of falling asleep on the floor while we were chatting. And I, I always have this kind of reverence for like Saturday night, let's say, when it comes to kids, because I, I can be really regimented during the week. And it's actually why I prefer kind of living more in like a town during the week instead of at the beach like I used to, because it's it's easier for me to kind of have this sort of everyday routine with Jago, like getting him up, getting him to school and then coming home, doing my work in a climate where I can actually like think straight because I can't think that straight in the tropics and everything for me takes 10 times longer. Um, you know, I, I'm super kind of detail oriented during the week. I like pack Jago sandwiches into like, I cut them into little shapes with these little cutters I bought, like little jigsaw puzzle shapes, dolphin shapes, all these things. I, you know, I used to cut up his little apple slices. Now I just throw that in there. I'm like, tag it. You're fine. You'll figure it out. He goes to bed at seven 30 on the dot. Like when I say, you know, like 6.50, he's in the bath. He kind of, I watch him and then he kind of sings to himself, plays to himself for about 15 minutes. And then we get him all in his pajamas, into bed, book. I mean, it wasn't like that for the first few years because I thought you had to wait for your kid to show you they're tired, which um, was really rough for me. And I wouldn't do that again um, because I was like, oh, he's not looking tired yet. <laughs> and now what I know, and it's probably age appropriate too, now that he's three, I wouldn't be trying to do it with a six month old. Um, but like, this is the routine that tells him he's tired. And this is a routine that makes him feel calm and makes him drift off to sleep. And that is bath, pajamas, bed, reading a book, and then leaving him to like, just with the light kind of on like a lamp on for him to chat to his little toys or play with his books and, and fall asleep by himself. And I'm really like conscious that that needs to be a grounding moment in his life. And I think it needs to be predictable and he needs to like know that is coming. Um, and I, I love it. Like there's something about having cleaned a kid, getting him all snugly and clean and like getting him to wind down and get tired and fall asleep. Like I find bedtime immensely satisfying, even if I'm kind of thinking about like, okay, I want to go eat my snacks and watch suits or like it's, I'm so close to me time. But when I can really sink into the moment, like I love that I am like creating that for, for him, you know? So I'm very like into that during the week. But I'm also very into having a Saturday or a Sunday or even if it's like a Friday, Saturday, not a Sunday, more likely a Friday, Saturday, where that just gets completely blown out of the water because I like that he has that grounding moment of bedtime. But I also like that he realizes that, you know, sometimes those were some of my best memories as a kid. I remember going to friends' houses because my friends, my parents were friends with my friends' parents and we'd have barbecues and bonfires because we kind of lived out in the, we kind of lived out in the country a bit. So our friends, we didn't, but our friends had these big farms and yeah, like these huge bonfires and just these big nights where the parents would do what we were doing, where they were around the table and kind of having a few drinks, like nothing intense, like no one got like super like scary drunk. It was just like a few drinks and chatting and this, you know, amazing family 
um, ambience. And I just remember running around and crashing around with the kids. And like, you didn't shower that night. You like had sugar on your teeth. You fell asleep at like whatever hour. And I remember falling asleep with like, sometimes I'd go, we'd go sneak into my friend's bed and we'd pretend that I was asleep. So then my parents would be like, all right, well, let's just let her sleep here and we'll pick her up in the morning. And those are just some really sweet, innocent memories of mine. And I really want Juggle to have that, to be like, okay, bedtime was bedtime. I felt safe and loved and I could depend on it. But a few times a week, it was really family time, connection time, friends time, where mum and dad had such a, not even a big, although our community, let's say it's like medium size, like had a group of friends with kids our age that we could depend on, that we came to know, that came to love us as like surrogate auntie and uncles. Um, with family that was around all the time. And on those nights, yeah, the routine got completely blown out of the water. Like when Ugo, when Ugo's parents are here, you know, I'm not watching Jago's sugar intake. I'm not watching like the time he goes to bed because you know, what is more important? If it was every night, yes, but what is more important? And this is what, this is one thing I really love about being a parent, which is like this intersection of like making memories, blowing out the routine, having that sort of, wild, messy, falling asleep without a shower thing and and being like, I got so exhausted last night from just running around with my friends and just seeing like my parents just like love their friends and versus like, yeah, during the week it's a bit more, okay, you can pretty much know exactly what I'm doing at 7.30 on any given night and I'm shutting the door behind Jago and going, I'm fucking done for the night. That's where I am. So <laughs> if you ever see yourself looking at the phone at 7.30 at night, I'll tell you that's where I am. Um, yeah. So where was I going with that? But it just did get me thinking about how much, like, how much of these moments take effort? They don't just happen. You don't just, especially when you have kids, you don't just fall into these dinners or these situations or these friendships and they take effort, you know, and driving five and a half hours with a kid to El Salvador, planning everything, packing up everything before, making sure I had stuff scheduled to post for the club, making sure I had no work overhanging in my head, you know, and like, yeah, being around like a whole big ton of people all weekend. Let's just say it takes effort, but God, the payoff is just so worth it. And Jaggle won't even know until he has kids of his own, how much of this stuff is like constructed from effort, from like, putting yourself out there again and again, like making these strong connections, making these events happen. Um, and I think of it now, even where I am in like in Antigua and the friendships like Jago's making here and the friendships I'm making with the parents here. And you know how much sometimes there have been times where like, maybe I was nervous to go over to someone's house because we were just meeting each other and our kids were kind of sizing each other up and we were sizing each other up and it would have been more comfortable to stay in my comfort zone and like stay home. But how much I was like, no, this could be a really special friendship. This could be a lifelong friendship for Juggle. This could be something really nice and how much I pushed myself to kind of get up and over that, that block to, to, help create this kind of environment for Juggle and myself where I truly do have a village because I welcomed it and I put in the effort to like make it happen. And it's funny because there was, um, it's just thinking like I had a Thanksgiving dinner, which was my first ever Thanksgiving. We're Australian. We don't celebrate it. Obviously it would be weird if we did. Um, but some friends invited me to like a Thanksgiving dinner and my job was to bring the bread and the ice cream and 
on that day, there was routine uh, electrical maintenance in town. So the fridge turned off right when I'd bought the ice cream and I was kind of covering it with covering it with uh, ice blocks and <laughs> and covering it and keeping the fridge closed and kind of fretting like if this ice cream melts and I come with melted ice cream and I had one job which was to bring the ice cream, like, what will these people think of me? You know, and I know they don't, they won't care, but it was just funny and thinking like, okay, I bought bread. I bought baguettes. I bought baguettes for Thanksgiving dinner. And I'm like, okay, that will be enough. That's fine. And then I was sitting here. I'm like, no, I have to turn this into garlic bread. I can't just bring in baguettes that don't have anything on them. So then I'm Googling how to make garlic bread and I'm realizing I don't have garlic. So I'm, (laughs) I don't have garlic for garlic bread. So then I'm Googling like alternatives for garlic bread and I have garlic powder. And then in my garden, I have like spring, not spring onion. It's like garlic bulb but the plant that shoots out the top of it, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I had a good alternative, but I'm like kind. And then I'm like putting it in the oven and I'm kind of stressing, like, what if it isn't crispy enough? What if it's not good enough? What if I come? Because garlic bread is like a really important part of the meal. And then I fuck it up. And, and I was just stressing out about all these stupid things about having the garlic bread perfectly timed for me to pull it out of the oven, having the ice cream not melted, but also how am I going to carry it to the car? Because if I have hot garlic bread and I'm putting it next to cold ice cream, like, no, that will melt it even more. Like, okay, all these stupid little things that for sure are stressful, but it's funny because like Jago doesn't see me at that. He just sees his his mate's mum and his mum and like he's just seeing everyone hang out and like everyone brings food and that's it. And it just made me think like my mum must have had moments like these and I never saw them. I never even thought of them. Like she must have had moments of like, oh, the fucking garlic bread or like this is too stressful. I don't want to go. Or like what do they think of me when you're in those like early stages of making friends? And it's just funny these cycles we go through and especially having a kid, how much you come back to like your child and the parts that you thought were really special and what you'd really like and and also realizing like these weren't these were not accidents they were constructions and it's just a really sweet spot right now to be in this 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 point with Jago where we are kind of really trying to make a special childhood for him and to see what big community is and to see what it is to be falling asleep on a couch on like a mattress on the floor on like while the parents are just like together and such like-minded parents, you know, who are surfers and skaters and and get it as well. Get this lifestyle, like get why we want to kind of live an unconventional life while still providing a really safe, secure base for our kids. So that was really sweet. El Salvador was a lot of fun. And I did it. I managed to record a full take a walk. Oh my gosh. Well, I didn't. I got interrupted once, as you know, when I put the mattress up against the wall. But do you know how good it feels every time I finish one of these? It feels like I got everything off my chest. I got to share with you. I know I'm going to have a nice episode on Tuesday and I just feel complete. So on that note, thank you so much for listening. I hope you had a good time. Always feel free to reach out and message me if you have any questions, any comments. You can message me on my Instagram at Caitlin Creeper. I'll put that in the show notes and I'll see you next time. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by The Salty Club, hosted by me, Caitlin Creeper, and sound and editing by Matyosh Gomsch.